Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Simone Riscala, and you are listening to the Endow Podcast, a conversation not just about the feminine genius in general, but about cultivating your particular feminine genius through the Catholic intellectual tradition and intentional community. Well, hello, Endow ladies. Welcome to the Endow Podcast 2022. And I'm so happy to begin this year with my friend, Bill Marcotte. Bill, welcome to the Endow Podcast. Thanks, Simone. Good to be with you. Oh, well, it's so great to have you here. And Bill, you're the Assistant Director of the Institute of Catholic Theology based in Phoenix, Arizona. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, now we've had Dr. Westby on the show, um, back oh, a while ago now, who's a director, and and that was a fun, um, that was a very fun conversation. But Bill, it's good to have you on the Endowed Podcast because we had a very very interesting lunch, which I'm going to get into in a minute. But tell us a little bit about yourself, Bill, and the work that you do with ICT. Well, uh, just a little bit about me. I, I'm married. I have five children, seven grandchildren. A um, lot of life. Um, been working in the church close to 30 years in various capacities from youth ministry to adult faith formation to now teaching theology for the Institute of Catholic Theology. Um, right now, I'm assisting Eric in a lot of the promotions that we do and uh, in teaching a course on scripture and the word of God and scripture. And um, uh, really uh, enjoying what I'm doing. One of the one of my favorite things that I'm working on right now is this new initiative called Christus Vivit, yes. which is a, a Catholic fellows program that we're kicking off for this summer and um, seems to have some traction. We seem to be moving closer and closer to it. Um, I'm thrilled to be able to be a part of that great work for young adults, young adults, Catholic university students, uh, primarily targeting the three Newman centers here in the Diocese of Phoenix. Awesome. So if you're listening to this and you are in the Diocese of Phoenix, you got to check this, check this brand new fellowship opportunity for young adults, Christus Vivi. So I'm really excited about that too, Bill. You know, you know, my heart is with young adults and also youth in in just like many, many ways. Um, Well, that's great. So thank you for your work for the church. And uh, I was telling you, uh, we were having lunch and, you know, talking about all of our evangelistic desires, aspirations, you know, what's the Holy Spirit going to be up to in 2022? How can we be a part of it? Um, and I told you a little bit about Endow, which calls women together to study important church documents. And our foundational text is, along with Letter to Women, John Paul II's Letter to Women, is Mulieris Dignitatum on the, on the dignity of women. And you said something really great. You said, you know what, Simone? that document wasn't written for women. It was written for men. (laughs) And that really struck me. So Bill, I would love to hear the experience of how reading that document as a man, as a husband, as a father was, uh, was transformative for you. I'm not even sure where to begin with that. Um, I read that. Well, first my wife and I, we, we were married in 1987. I had had a reconversion with my life, um, in, 1981. And from there, the Lord led me to all kinds of formation, particularly in the Catholic Church, to a covenant community. And I think at the time, the formation that we were getting really did not encompass this. This this document came out in 1988. And so we had a bit of a a formation that wasn't quite as full as what 
this is and what could be, I think. In fact, as I look back at that time, I may be a little bit ill-formed. Uh, but but uh, when it comes to marriage, relationship between man and woman, um, uh, the roles a man and woman would have in the family. So um, I had a kind of an understanding of what it meant to be a husband and father going into marriage. But I don't know if it was, uh, it certainly wasn't what John Paul II was was uh, talking about in this document. So when this document came out, and I'm a I'm a document junkie. I I, I quote them all the time. I I really can't wait to read the next one that's coming out. I have friends I I'm in competition with to try to get through it. Then we process it. A man after my own heart. Right. <laughs> it was like that with this. <laughs> yes. So this came out, and um, I remember reading it, and I went, oh. That's what that means. <laughs> what were you referring to there? That's well. I think it. I think the big part was um, the uh, the the exhortation that's in Ephesians five. Wives, be subjected to your husbands, <laughs> or subject to your husbands, right? Right. And uh, and husbands uh, are the head of the wife. That kind of thing. And so. Um, my understanding of that was that the man really in the in the relationship is the head of the wife. He's the protector. He's the provider. He's he's the one that uh, will make the big decisions mm-hmm. when it has to be made. And if you if you truly love, then those decisions shouldn't be too difficult for the woman to understand. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Isn't that's, that terrible? That's just like such such like young yes. That's that's amazing, though. That, that- uh, well, it may be amazing, but I'm almost embarrassed to say that's how I was thinking for a period of eight years or so until this document right. came out. Right. That's that's. But that's an amazing humility on your part to, first of all, care to read what John Paul II has to say about women, but then also, yeah. That I mean, I think you're speaking into the heart of what how a lot of men maybe think. So. Yeah. So when I read this, there, there's a period I even I pulled it out because this is the thing that really. There's a number of things that stood out, but this one was really key because uh, what John Paul II did was he talks about this in paragraph 24 of that document. And um, he says, wives, be subjected to your husbands. He's quoting Ephesians 5 as to the Lord and the husband is to be the head of the wife. And so he says, the author knows that this way of speaking so profoundly rooted in the customs and religious tradition of the time is to be understood and carried out in a new way. But as a mutual subjection out of reverence for Christ, husband is called head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church so that he would give his life up for her, to die for her, to die the self for her. And what that means is that there is this mutual subjection of husband and wife together in a relationship. It's not one that has the power to over, to lord it over and, and to make those decisions. It's a mutual subjection. I had to really think that through a lot because, well, what if there's a, a decision that has to be made that we're in disagreement about? Mm. How do we deal with that? Well, in the 35 years, my wife will be married and I will be married 35 years. Um, I've kind of come to some insight with that because truly, if you love the way Christ asks us to love, you lay down your life, you love. Um, and it's the same for the woman to do for, with the man too. It's a mutuality 
of subjection of, of uh, what's the word? Su- yeah subjection really it's on both parts if you really love each other you will pray through this and figure out where the other one is wrong <laughs> now what i mean by that is is that sometimes um it, it, like i look back in my my wife and i if there is some if we have a disagreement on something usually it has it has to do with uh, someone not feeling like they want to do this or that. Uh, and, and sometimes we just have to wait back up and think about it. But most of the time, when something comes up, uh, I would say almost 99% of the time, it's, it's right. And we just submit one to another what we're thinking or what we're doing. I think that, has, that was a, a little tweak uh, in my, oh, a big tweak, actually, in my understanding of what it meant what this document was saying about that particular scripture verse. Right. Another thing was that as a result of reading this document, I just had so much greater, greater appreciation of the gift that I had as, as a married man and a wife in my, in my particular wife, Beth. Um, wow. I just had a greater appreciation for her. Not that I didn't appreciate her. I really did. Right. But in a deeper, more spiritual, more profound way, um, as to as it, what what John Paul II talks about the dignity of of a woman and, and what she brings, mm. and uh, and again that freed me up so much to be able to not think that I was the guy in charge and making the decisions that we can make decisions together. This helpmate, yeah, uh, is no longer just her helping me. Uh, it's me helping her and us helping each other to live this crazy life together in the way God wants us to live it every moment. And so I can go to her and feel this freedom and go, what do you think about this? Mm. Which I really never did before until I read this document. What do you th- and it's so great because she comes at this at different problems we have, or maybe difficulties we have, or difficulties we may have with other people. Right. Um What's your take on this? What do you think? Um, and I get so much confirmation from from her thoughts and her um, her care in in what she is is saying to me. A whole different perspective that has me all all the time having to stop and think about this. So you saw her less. I mean, I I don't know that you would have like intellectually admitted this at the time before you read this document, but. But that, in a way, un- underlying it, you were seeing her as a, co- a competitor of sorts, or like a threat to your quote dominion over family life, right? And and that's what I'm picking up from you that you saw her more as like an actual partner. Actually, you're in it together, unless like oh, I a threat, right? Like you can ask her thoughts on it because she's not a threat anymore. She's actually part of the conversation. Is that right? Am I picking that up correctly? Yeah, I don't know if I ever saw her as a threat. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe as a real arrogancy on my part, but I don't think of too many people as a threat yeah. to me. But anyway, it just, it just didn't occur to you that she was somebody right. who could share the burden with you. So to speak. you're right. That's, that's better. Yeah. That's just, better. Yeah. The threat, threat. No, but I would say, that I I felt the burden actually of making the decisions, the burden of dealing with problems, the, right. the, the burden of having to live this life. And, and when I need the help, I'll ask her, you know, that kind right, of thing. Right. Um, instead, before I'm today, 
before I make any decision, any decision um, about anything that's coming at me. I'm always talking to her about it and she's talking to me about it. And together we, we are making these decisions together and such, such a freedom in that because um, right. I'm not alone in it. And, right. Um, right, right. and it's a confirmation. Yeah. Now, do you think that men struggle with this like self-sufficiency? Like, is that why this was such a radical shift for you reading this document that it's just something about men that like, we don't, like, you don't ask for driving directions. You don't want help. Like you got to do this on my own. I got to figure this out. Being a successful man means that I, I have to figure this out on my own. And, you know, I think, I do think that's part, that was part of it. Maybe even subconscious to me a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think, think a whole lot about a lot of things until I came to know the Lord. And then right. all of a sudden I thought about a lot of stuff. Right. And, uh, but I do think that's all ingrained in our culture. Um, our culture is telling, is defining what a man is and what a woman is and how men should treat women. And uh, it's not all good. In fact, some of it is really, really, really bad. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say some of that was just kind of there. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, so what was the experience like of reading this for the, like, I mean, it was transformative, obviously. I mean, hearing your story is so moving and so incredible to me. And I hope that the women and the, the we do have some male listeners who are listening will send this to the men in their life and say, hey, you know, consider reading John Paul II's document. On well, the, you know, consider reading it. But what was the experience like? You know, well, for me, it, well, what comes to mind when you ask me that question is the experience was, man, I have a greater gift than I ever thought I had. Wow. And my wife. Wow. And my wife. And my and also a greater appreciation of women and how women think mm. and what they bring and the sensitivity they have to people, the love that they have for people, the care, the ability to see things from a different perspective that's somewhat in some cases radically different in how I look at things. And I and I and I'm not sure I pinpointed it all, uh, Samoa. Maybe you have study this more, but I see those kinds of things as what John Paul II talks about is the feminine genius. Yeah. Primarily because they've brought life into the world, you know, or they have the ability to bring life into the world. And um, maybe I don't have it quite right, but those kinds of things I've been able to appreciate much better. Yeah. And you already appreciated your wife before, but this I was- did. Yeah. But not, not in other ways, but yeah. not maybe this way. Yeah. This way, this is a much deeper spiritual depth, and uh, and and as a result of that, my experience is what a gift, what a gift, what a and what a freedom, yeah, um, a in gift. that gift. Yeah. Now, when you say that, I understand the gift part, and I think I understand the freedom part. But when you say what a freedom, what are you referring to there? Yeah. Well, because. I think maybe freedom's not the best word. Maybe it's mostly like a lightening of a burden in the sense that I have a what, what Jumble Two calls a true helpmate in in the meaning of the true I, meaning I, of the word. I think freedom is the right word. Yeah. I think, I think freedom is the right word because freedom to be who, yourself. Yeah. You can't really be yourself without the other. And and right. woman. So this this yes. this was really a a, a discovery yes. of yeah. of your of a whole more holistic yeah. uh, understanding of yourself as a as a man. That that to me is really really beautiful. Um, what was yeah, I would yeah, good. yeah. Sorry, Bill. Go ahead. No, no, that that's good. I'm just trying to figure out how I feel. I'm 
I'm, I, I'm still, my, my kids are psychologists and they're always teaching me how I should feel about things. And <laughs> I'm still learning feelings. That's so, that's so funny. <laughs> like a natural feeler to me. That's funny that <laughs> my sister's a therapist. So I have the same uh, you know, good problem as you do where, you know, <laughs> I do not have to bring feelings into it. Right, I, right. I, I, I'm into the ideas, you know, if yeah. I can have it intellectually sorted out, ne- never mind the feelings, but feelings are crucial. But what I, I think what I loved about this document is John Paul II talks about women in scripture and how they how he dealt with them and and what they brought. Uh, it was so radically different from the time. I think I think uh, this is one of the reasons why men should read this thing is is that uh, the freedom I felt as you talk about the the wonder of the gift I have in my wife or in women, the genius that they have that they bring. Just all of this realization was so very, very helpful. Um, and it, this isn't just a document. It actually is, I think, in some ways, it's more of a document for men because our culture is so domineering of women in so many ways, in so many bad ways. And if men could understand what John Paul II is talking about this, there wouldn't be this inequality that, that we have that women have to fight for and, and uh, almost feel like... Um, it's an issue, you know, it shouldn't even be an issue, but it's an issue that's being fought for. And as a result, women are sometimes put down just for that. And so, so I do think if men in the, in the spirit of the Holy spirit, as they read something like this, they would, they would have a conversion as I did. That's how I feel. That's amazing. Well, that's what I'm going to pray for. I'm so grateful for you sharing your your conversion story, uh, this continuing conversion story, reading Mulieris Dignitatum. I'm so excited uh, that you are my first guest for 2022. Okay. We can't wait to like talk to other people later this year about the ways that reading church documents um, has, has transformed and changed our lives. That's the whole point. That's why Endow exists, because we know that there's a prophetic value to reading what the Holy Father has to say. Um, so yeah, I, if you're listening to this, feel free to share this particular episode with the men in your life, encourage them to read it, to take it seriously. Men's groups, you know, why not a men's group? Uh, why not a little, uh, Oh yeah. Yes. That's a, that's a should happen thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I guess my, my last question that I'm just going to ask you to share anything else that you wanted to mention before we say goodbye today is did your wife notice, did she notice the change in you or was this something primarily internal going on with you? I, I think subtly she may have noticed. She certainly does today. I mean, it's, it's been, you know, what was it, 22 years since this has come out and right. 23 years. And um, I think that um, I've gotten better and better at trying to, try, trying to live this. Uh, Simone, we talked a little bit before this, and I was describing some of this, and you mentioned, uh, so you really felt that um, your wife was your Robin to your Batman. <laughs> I told that to Beth uh, last night and she said, cause I was going to do this. And she yeah. said, no, just tell her that I'm your wonder woman. And, <laughs> and that really, that really fits because there's this equality, right? Differences. Yes. There's different yes. gifts. There's different this and that, but um, Batman and wonder woman were equals. <laughs> okay. I love that. Tell Beth, I love that. And that's, I will. <laughs> that's fantastic. And, you know, as you were saying, it's only been about 22 years since this document was released. I mean, when you look at the perspective of church history, this came out yesterday. 
this, this just came out yesterday. So you're talking about like, look, this shouldn't be a problem, but it is a problem in our culture and our society. John Paul II, you know, obviously a, a prophet of his time and for this 20th century and now the 21st century, you know, if we could get this into the hands of more, I mean, this is, you know, get again, if we could just get this into the hands of more people who have open hearts, call upon the Holy Spirit to read it and let them change them. I mean, wh- you know, who knows what could happen? Who knows what relationships can be healed and restored? Yes. Um, yes. Soul coming for Christ through this. So I don't know. I was just really moved just now when you said 22 years, because in, in the perspective of history, that's nothing. Right. So we're, we're right on. <laughs> we're, we're in the middle of something really revolutionary. Well, and and I I also think within, I mean, the Catholic Church is just coming to understand this. In many ways, this is a a mini uh, theology of the body. um, Right, right, right. You know, but but um, certainly in in Christian Christianity, this has not seeped into all of Christianity. Is this is a John Paul II uh, really uh, helping the church understand the fullness of the dignity between man and woman and in, in the marriage as well. So it's a re- wonderful gift that we have here. Yeah. Amen to that. Any final thoughts, Bill, you want to share before we say goodbye and thank you again. Oh no, I just, I, I guess just thinking that may that may the Holy spirit just uh, continue to work in us to, uh, be able to understand what what God wants us to understand in in the dignity of women, and um, and so that our culture will be transformed by it. Um, help us understand it. Help us live it. We just pray for that grace. That's beautiful. Thank you, Bill. And anybody again that's listening, that's particularly in the Diocese of Phoenix, feel free to reach out to Bill at the Institute of Catholic Theology uh, if you want to learn more about the Christus Vivit. Uh, yes. Adult Fellowship. There's a lot of great things going on there. Maybe you don't live in Arizona or the Diocese of Phoenix, but you know somebody that does. Mm-hmm. Help us spread the word about that. And of course, uh, if you want to learn more about starting an endow group, and if you're inspired by this one to start an endow group on Molière's Dignitatum, please mm-hmm. email me. All right. Thank you so much, Bill. God bless you. Thank you, Simone, and God bless you and all you're doing with endow. God bless. If this episode was helpful for you, please consider sharing it with a friend or two. We would also appreciate it so much if you left a rating and review so that more women can discover Endow and our mission to help women cultivate their unique feminine genius. Please also check out the link below to learn how to become a monthly donor to help defray podcast production costs. And of course, if you'd like to talk to me about joining or starting your own Endow group, please email me at simone.riscala.com at endowgroups.org. And remember, you are the heart of Endow.